You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, my special guest today is author, speaker, editor, host of Pet Life Radio's Behave. It's Arden Moore. So we're excited to talk to Arden and talk to her about her latest books, Fit Dog and Fit Cat, Tips and Tricks to Give Your Pet a Longer, Healthier, Happier Life. So great books. We're going to dig into that. We're going to also talk to Arden a little bit about her her writing style and processes. So we'll uh, find out how she does all this great magic. So everybody hang tight, and we're going to come right back with Arden Moore. You're listening to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Listen, cat people, it's just litter. Until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter, the only litter with concentrated power. It guarantees less smells, less work, all with less litter. Try the small bag that lasts one cat 30 days and you'll realize it's just litter. Unless it's World's Best Cat Litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and at your local grocery and pet stores. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. And joining me now is author Arden Moore, my good friend. Arden, how are you today? Hey, big paws up, Tim. Big paws up. I get to be behind the mic as a guest on Pet Life Radio. This is a new perspective. I know. They cut you loose every once in a while, let you show your face when you're on Pet Life Radio. (laughs) Every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I'm glad to be on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to talk to you. So tell me about these latest books, Fit Dog and Fit Cat. Well, these are books in the pet, if we're counting, books number 25 and 26 of pet books I've written in the past uh, 10, 15 years. One of these days, I'll just get the right formula. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) what really appealed to me about both of these books and is the subtitle, which is Tips and Tricks to Give Your Pet a Longer healthier, and happier life. And what I'm doing with these books different than some of the other books I've done is I really focused on the needs and the desires of the 21st century dog and cat, which I feel are more akin to you and I and the two-leggers than they are to the big cats of their ancestors or the, the coyotes. I mean, seriously, folks, it's, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry. And I think our dogs and cats are more clothes hounds than they're worried about, you know, where their next meal is going to be. So (laughs) this is really appealing to, I think, the physical, mental, emotional needs of what pets are today, 21st century pets. Exactly. And I think it's very important that you mention that is the fact that there's, in my opinion, compared to say 10 years ago, there's a lot more (laughs) going on with animals and the whole pet industry. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how much you need to learn and how much there is to learn out there. 
Well, we so, spend more money on our pets now than we do on candy, toys, and baby food combined. So that's a pretty powerful statement right there. That's amazing. Yes, and I know it's one of the only, uh, I guess you call it an industry, that was, <laughs> you know, it was recession-proof. It, we oh, were yeah. still spending money on our animals when the uh, economy went in a little bit of downturn, and uh, now it's going on a little bit more of an uptick, so we're going to spend even more money on our animals, I'm sure. I think we all, including our wonderful producer, Mark Winter, we need to come back as a dog or a cat in a pampered home. We're going to live, you know, it's a dog's life. We need to really describe that. It's a dog's life is what you want. And being catty these days is a good thing. (laughs) There you go. You got it. Now, tell me about what inspired you to write the book and and how did you come away? Because I know you got a plethora of knowledge. How do you pick and choose which bits actually should go into a book and uh, consolidate it into a nice format that you've done. I was very blessed serendipitously, Tim, because my publisher, it's global book publishing, and then they somehow have cousins here in North America, Firefly Books, so I'm not sure it's all a big one big family, but a couple of years ago, I wrote a book called What Dogs Want for these publishers, and it was decoding 100 things that dogs do, say, posture, and it was, it was the ultimate communication book, if you will. Well, they called me, and they said, we're in a jam, and I said, what's that? And they said, well, we have already approved two books, a dog book and a cat book, and <laughs> you're going to love this, Tim. They gave all the money to a writer who shall be nameless, and they never checked back with her. And it was due, and she hadn't written a sentence. She hadn't even done the table of contents. And they were on a huge hurt and a huge tight deadline. And I was a newspaper reporter for 20 years. So I got the joy of being able to book map this book on my own, determine what's going on what page. And I fine-tuned it and figured it out for all 192 pages and divided up the chapters. So it was one of those ultimate opportunities as a pet expert and a writer to be able to create my own recipe, if you will. And that's where I came up with, hey, guys, we really need to cater to the 21st century pet. So that was kind of that and, you know, getting some extra money to fill the bowls of kibble for my pets were the motivators. <laughs> exactly. And need plenty of that with that crew you've got there, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Chipper Cleo Murphy and Casey. Woo-hoo. And then I have uh, my sister's three dogs, Maddie, Gracie, and Jeannie. So we are the Magnificent Seven. There you go. I love it. I love it. So when the publisher got a hold of you and wanted you to put together the book and it gave you a timeline, how much time did you actually have to put sort of pen to paper <laughs> as old school goes, and get this over to them. I think it was three or four months total from start to finish to write, you know, do all the table. I mean, obviously, they had to approve all that and write. But what was fortunate for me is I write for so many different publications. And like you, am having the opportunity to pick the brains of pet experts on the radio. So I'm a pretty good uh, squirrel when it comes to storing good knowledge. And I had a whole bank to tap that I could use. I'm also a master in pet first aid. And what I love is that I got the opportunity to have a whole section on pet first aid, what to do and what not to do in a pet emergency for your dog and cat. And I think that's one of the best ways to be your pet's best health ally is to know what to do in an emergency when uh uh-oh happens. And even though you love your vet, and I have great friends who are veterinarians, in five minutes or less, if a dog nicks an artery, they're gone. 
And so the whole purpose of pet first aid is not to replace a veterinarian, but to be able to stabilize and mobilize and get that pet to a veterinarian. And you have permission to freak out later because your pet (laughs) is tuning in like you know as an animal communicator. They are counting on your confidence and your know-how. You can freak out later. And that's what I tell my students. Freak out later, but right now your dog or your cat needs you. And the clock is ticking. So that was very, really made my day that I could add a whole section on pet first aid. Yeah. And and a big applause to you on the book. I mean, everybody will go out and buy a copy of Fit Dog and Fit Cat. It's a great book. And I see this being on my shelf for many years because it has great photos in it of the animals. It has colored sections. So if you want to know about grooming, you want to know about pet first aid, you want to know about behaviors, whatever it may be, you've got color tabs in here and they're quick, easy bullet points that you can read through and say, okay, now I get it. I know what uh, what Arden's trying to tell me here. <laughs> yeah, now I learned something too. No, it is, you know, they have great photos. I'm laughing because while this book was being written, I adopted my first orange tabby, Casey, my K-I-T, kitten in training. And when we finally decided on what the cover would be, one of the three cats on the page is a big old orange cabbie with a white bib looking back at me. So I'm like, Casey, you power of meow. So that was cool. The other thing I do want to say, it's a little bittersweet, but one of my very good friends and a friend to many of two, three, and four-leggers out there, the late, great Dr. Lori Houston, her last work that she really did, she died suddenly of a liver condition, and she wrote the foreword to both of these books. And I just feel like, she will always be our guide. And I was very honored because I said she's the president was at the time Cat Writers Association, ran a veterinary practice out east and had a very, very, very well researched pet blog that many people would turn to. And I just said, hey, would you write my cat forward? She goes, I'll write both of them. I said, you're kidding. And it was just, it was very nice because, you know, she's somebody who's made a difference. So I feel like we have a legacy with Lori there. Absolutely. Absolutely. She did uh, great work when she was here uh, in this plane. And I know she's doing great work on the other side. So yeah, it's a nice thing, a nice tribute. And uh, what a wonderful thing to have in your books. Thank you. Now, Arden, after everybody picks up a copy of Fit Dog and Fit Cat and they peruse through it about 20, 30 times and they put it on their (laughs) shelf and they pull it back down again, what do you hope people get out of it? What's the walk away after this is all said and done? I think knowledge is power. And I think better than buying your pet a new outfit or giving them a new treat, I think the message for all of us two-leggers is read these books and you're going to know your dog and cat so much better. You're going to have a stronger relationship. You're going to get your dog and get your cat so that when things happen, you're going to be more in tune with their needs and wants. And it's just going to overall be a greater connection with your pet and it's win-win. That's right. Knowledge is power and uh, you never learn too much, especially when it comes to our furry friends. That's for sure. Well, Arden, we're going to take a quick break here. Everybody hang tight. We're going to come back and talk to Arden a little bit more about her writing style and process and how she got involved with all these wonderful critters and made a career (laughs) out of writing about them. So everybody hang tight. Uh, We'll continue our conversation with Arden more right after these messages. You're listening to Pet Life Radio, this animal rights show. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free, and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. 
Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at PetLadyWorld. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I'm here with the wonderful Arden Moore talking to her about her latest books, Fit Dog and Fit Cat. Now, Arden, as you mentioned, you're uh, you sort of cut your teeth in this whole writing process as a, a reporter and continue to be a reporter to this day. Uh, you're an editor. You're a writer. You do a lot of things. How did you go from writing into a, uh, a newspaper and doing all the wonderful things there to getting on the pet track, the animal track, and writing and forming a career where you've got now 26 books in this genre? Well, I, I spent 20 years as an investigative reporter for daily newspapers and also did some sports writing, covered a couple of Super Bowls. But then I also covered the dark side of the two-legged world, and that would be I covered the Gainesville College Slains when a man slayed several students at the University of Florida. I had to bust uh, hospital administrators who were cheating. I actually headed a president of a foundation of a university who shall rename nameless now because I don't want to give them any kind of kudos. We investigated them and found out all these little old ladies that were giving money to the university to help like departments like English and French and all that. They were using it for junkets for trips, this foundation. Mm -hmm. So there was that side of me that I wanted to do good and right wrongs, but it was taking a toll after 20 years. And my mom was was diagnosed with lung cancer, and she was one of my best supporters, and she was a pretty cool mom. And my mom said to me one day before she passed away, she said, do you want to just be remembered for having a great byline in a newspaper, or what do you really want to do? And we always had grown up with pets, and everybody in my family has adored our pets. And it was kind of a light bulb that said, you know, she might have something there. So I went and did the little test. I always wanted to write for magazines and for books. So I applied, and I was hired at Rodale Press up in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, which sounds like a billy goat. One stop. It has one stoplight in it, and the main street has three names. They're just trying to fake you out that they're bigger than they are. But the big dog in Emmaus, Pennsylvania is, of course, Rodale Press, which does a bunch of books as well as a bunch of magazines like Prevention and Men's Health. 
And I was a senior writer in the book division, and I was writing a lot of human health books and home improvement books and herb books. And one of the editors, a great guy named Mark Bricklin, pulled me aside and said, hey, kid, what are you doing? I go, I don't know, what? Would you like to help me start a magazine? And it was called Pets, Part of the Family. So I was part of the crew that launched this magazine. And I thought, wow, I really like writing about pets, but not the kind of stories like, oh, Fluffy, you're so cute. The meaty stories, the ones that really get into the connection with people, medical issues, behavior issues, new science, and that's what got me. And then in 99, I decided to say goodbye to the W-2 world and start my own business. So I have run my own company for the past 16 years and never looked back. I am the happiest I've ever been. I may not be the richest broad on the planet, but I'm enriched. And probably you can relate to that. That's To yes. me, I am so happy doing what I'm doing. I write not only about pets, but I write about entrepreneurs and people making a difference. So I just feel like I was able to make that transition from busting bad people to spotlighting good beans. There you go. Yeah, and it is rewarding. Like you said, it's a, it probably work harder than you've ever worked in your entire life, but the rewards definitely come from it. Yeah, I don't have any fleas. I get sloppy kisses. I get purrs on cue. So, That's you know, right. life, life can't be any better than that. That's right. You got your own exercise program, whether you like it or not. You're- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Arden, tell us about, you talked about these particular books, but tell us about your writing process as a whole. Are you one of those that has to write every single day or up at five in the morning because you got to get, you know, get to the computer and start writing? Or is it more of uh, based on timelines or just what you're feeling for the day? Well, I love deadlines because I don't miss them. And I have found, though, the closer the deadline, the more creative I've become. So I may not be like some of your typical guests. I do not say to myself, I have to write every day and have to write from five to whatever. I'm pretty disciplined on making deadlines, but because I do a lot of different things, radio and editing and writing and and giving presentations, it's all about being efficient with each day. And here's something for all you writers out there. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you're supposed to stay in your office and write all day long because some of the most creative ideas I've gotten have occurred when I'm walking my dog, when I'm sorting my laundry, something that's away from the keyboard where you almost feel your brain is relaxed enough that you're able to take in an idea. When you force it, it doesn't work. So some people may think you're, quote, goofing off, but some of the best creative moments have happened when I'm not near a keyboard. Yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. You know, it's and your words are very apropos. You know, if you force it, it will not happen. And I think that's a true statement for life in general, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also gotta- when, uh, you know, when you have to pay a mortgage, you meet your deadlines. You know, you know, people, I laugh when people think as a writer, well, when are you going to get a real job? I'm thinking, darling, I love what I'm doing. It is a real job. It's just a different job than you. And the only pet peeve if I have as a writer, and you can relate maybe, is when people say, oh, my gosh, we can't wait to promote you. And you want you to come to speak. And they're like, well, we can't pay you anything, but they'll promote you. And I'm like, are you paying the person who's the janitor cleaning up after your conference? Well, yes. Are you paying the person who's booking everybody's flight? Well, certainly. Then why is the person they're coming to not getting paid? 
So there is a little bit, the only pet peeve I have is that I've worked very hard, not only for myself, but for others, because I think we have something to offer people of value and, you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think it's a matter of just, uh, and like you said, you have to wear, as a writer, it's not just being a writer. You know, it, there's a lot more that goes into it. Even if you're just writing, I shouldn't say even, but, you know, if your main goal is to put out a novel and you hit the timelines, et cetera, getting the, the editing pieces and getting it over to the publishing house, that's just the beginning of it. All oh, the stuff right. that goes into the back end of it and then promoting it, as you said, and, and uh, spending your time and your money and your efforts just to see if uh, you can get your message out there. You know, that's a really good point, Tim, and I'm glad you pointed that out. A few times I've teamed up with some of my publishers at Book Expos and we talk about book mapping, which is, it's like putting the book together like a big jigsaw puzzle. And the best ones that really sell well and get in the hands of people who really can benefit are those where everybody on the team is working together from marketing and editors to the writers. The better savvy writers are those who realize once you put that manuscript in the hands of the editor, you're not done. And if you show any effort to help promote the book, you know what? You're going to get another contract and it reflects on you because six months after these books are gone, they're on to their next. It's like a speed dating for authors. And you've got to have a hard skin realizing they love you, they love you, they love you, and then they're on to the next. It's up to you to give legs to your books. That's right. And get them out the door, get them in people's hands. So you get your message across, you're making sales, you get recognized by the publishing house. And then when you go to pitch the next one, perhaps they'll want to purchase that one too. So the beat goes on, right? That's right. And thank God my mom gave me a weird first name like Arden because at least it grabs their attention. And people kept saying, well, when did you change your name? I was named after my sister's babysitter, you know. But as a little (laughs) kid, it was rough being the only Arden in the town. But now I kind of dig it. That's right. There you go. It's hard to get those little uh, custom license plates that you put on the back of bicycles, right? Oh, you know what? I took the word Martin and I made it look like Arden with a marker. So I had the ugliest little license plate for my red, cherry red Stingray bike, but I had my name on it. There you go. I can imagine the youngsters listening to the show if they are. Like, what are they talking about? First of all, what's a bicycle? What's a Stingray bike? (laughs) Oh, the only way. Stingray with the banana seat, man. Yeah, yeah. Kids, go look at an old, old Google search on that one. But the point is, you know, just be creative and have friends that are going to give you constructive criticism and not like everything you read. But, you know, you might find a strong writer ally and somebody who isn't even a writer but is a good listener and who is representing your target market and so I like that I have an eclectic group of friends because they keep me fresh and they keep me on my toes. There you go. So good advice. Good advice, Arden. Appreciate that. Well, where can everybody find out more about the books Fit Dog and Fit Cat as well as all your uh, other wonderful books and activities and first aid and all the things you got going on in your life? Well, they can go to my main website, which is Four Legged Life, and that's F-O-U-R, Legged Life. From there, they can be launched to my pet first aid website, which I have Chipper and Casey as my teaching assistants. So you get to take a class with a real dog and a real cat who will let you wrap them in a towel and check their pulse and all that wonderful stuff. And that's Pet First Aid for You. But for all the books, I guess the the main mothership should be Amazon.com and just put my name in Arden Moore and and also put in the name Tim Link. 
and you will see an also another very, very talented author. Ah, I appreciate that. Big kudos. Mimey send the checks in the mail, Arden. The All right. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, listen, everybody go out and pick up a copy of Fit Dog and Fit Cat Tips and Tricks to Give Your Pet a Longer, Healthier, Happier Life by Arden Moore. Arden, great job. Always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again uh, somewhere down the road. All right, Tim, keep doing what you're doing because you're making a difference. I appreciate that. All right, well, we're coming to the end of the show tonight. Everybody, uh, thank you for listening to the Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. I'd also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on my Animal Rights Show, you can visit PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon. Listen to all the wonderful episodes there. And while you're at it, uh, make sure you check out all the wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. That's uh, PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions for me, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. Email me at tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.